G'day. Hello. Hello. How Hello. are you? Oh, who's oh that? Oh my God, Hello. we've got an Australian here. How's it going, guys? Scotty Schwartz Owen, how are you? I'm very well. How are you both today? We're, We're so, so good. good. We... So excited to have an Australian on our what, podcast. Okay, so do you want an Australian accent? Do you want an American accent? Can I have no, all of them? Always Australian British. Can I have all? Okay, it'll it'll flow in and out. That's I, totally fine. I somehow, such a mongrel accent these days. I somehow accidentally always... Do an Australian accent when I'm around you. Like it just comes into my, it creeps into my speech accidentally. I have to, I have to hold myself back. Scotty is our not only a, a best friend, quite literally, and have known for feels like years at this Forever point. Forever now. Um, he is the third member of the British Tea Party podcast officially for oh. today. He's hosting with us today. Congratulations! Guys. Nice, thank you. You no, may not no audition or anything. <laughs> no, Nothing. No, we just straight want you. In. It's just a straight, straight offer. It, this was straight to offer for this. <laughs> We're going straight to That's series. actually very um, appropriate for the episode today. It is very appropriate because Scotty is a superb, wonderful, incredible person, but more importantly, dancer. And you were in the West Ex-dancer. End. Ex-dancer, yeah. Ex- oh, come on, you can still... You can, you still can point those feet. Come on, feet. point those feet, darling. I think if you can't touch your toes anymore, that kind of rules you out of... <laughs> Um, you're incredibly modest and I'm going to pull you up on it every time that you're modest in the next 30 seconds, but can you run us through what you did in the West End and as your dancing career and performing career and theatrical career? Sure. I, uh, actually started a little late with dance and then I went to the Australian Ballet School, which is the top, uh, institution for training in classical ballet in Australia. I did one musical in Australia Beauty and the Beast. And then I moved to Europe and bounced back and forth between Germany and London and uh, national tours in the UK as swing, as ensemble, dance captain, associate choreographer. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of got out of the industry a little early when I was 32 because I had this constant anxiety anxiety of getting the next job. And I wanted to find something that I could do for the rest of my life, you know, after dance. So, uh, that's, I moved to the U S in 2011 and have been here ever since. Ever since. Ever since. And in sunny Los Angeles. And you have done every show under the sun in the UK at some point in the West end. I mean, all the way to performing on the palace roof. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. With yeah. Mary Poppins in 2006. It was Stepping the, time, the queen. Stepping time. Exactly. It was the Queen's 80th birthday. God, and so I bet that was a the, riot for her. That's well, amazing. Sh- you can watch it on YouTube, actually. I'm going to watch fun. it. Yeah. B- BBC party in, the, party in the Palace. There you go. That yeah. sounds so fun. Yeah. And that, that, you know, having you here is so incredible because you know our guests very well this week and you've worked with our guests. I do. I worked with Sarah in 2001, 2002 on the first national tour of... Saturday Night Fever. We were both swings mm-hmm. dancing Night together. Ben's going to give us a taste every time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, that's it. That's Just all I have. Now do tragedy. <laughs> tragedy. <laughs> Does anyone know the words in that section? No, it's just That was the funniest number because the song, the guy talks about killing himself and because of the steps pop version of that. Everybody was clapping along in the audience as the guy's about singing about throwing himself off a bridge. That's incredible. Um, Do you have a favourite show? And it can be one that you've worked on. And then I also want to know what your favourite show is at the moment. Um, Oh, this is a great question. A favourite show, only because I did it a few times, Mm. would probably be Disney's Beauty and the Beast. It was my first year-long contract. And then I ended up 
putting that show up internationally for Disney um, at one stage. So that's definitely got a, a tender spot in my heart yeah. for, Aww. you know, the people, you remember different people and different things that happened backstage. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, how can you how can you look past Hamilton for a, a yeah. perfect yeah, musical a good one. in so many ways? A good one. But but even choreographically, which is somewhat of the theme that we're talking about today, because yep. if you watch the choreography in Hamilton, it's it it's its own movement vocab vocabulary, um, which is ideally what you're looking for in mm. choreography. You don't want to see just generic steps put together that we've seen before, and so it it really is a character in its own. That the movement in Hamilton. So as an ex-dancer, I, I looked at that and it was, yeah, yeah it's yep. completely incredible. It's so cool. Um, you know what? We skipped a little bit and we're just going to go back. And what we're did just we skip? We didn't skip it. So flip it and reverse it. What did we skip? Um, <laughs> what did you do this week? I know what. Oh I, gosh, we haven't gone. Last night was pretty incredible. Oh my gosh, guys, we Not went that. to. God, do you want me to leave the room? It. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even clock that. No, was, we went to a, uh, we went to, went the, to the, the Hollywood, Hollywood Roosevelt, Roosevelt, which uh, as our guests have choreographed the Oscars, this is, a, this makes sense because it was the location for the very first Oscars where we went last night. Yeah, and it was a candlelight concert. So it was a, a string quartet and they played, it was a tribute to Adele. So they played all of Adele's numbers. It was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, you should go. Yeah, it was really good. It was great. Were you holding a candle? Uh, then I did kept messing point. around. There were fake candles, but then I kept messing mess around. around a little bit too much. Fire yeah. safety people. Yeah, I did have fun. I wanted them to be real candles. I'm going to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's what okay. You, what, what did you do? You do? This week? Um, I, let me see. I cleaned my house. Oh, oh we love um, that. Oh, you had a, um, you had us over for a pool party. Oh, guys, if you need a pool party in LA, call Scotty and Jonas. It was the best wow. time ever. I had so much fun. Yeah. What, it was what so a fun nice time. to see you guys and to meet Jenna's family also who are yeah, here they visiting. Had the best time ever at that pool party. Yeah. And we played too many rounds of Mario Kart and had a we great We played telestrations and now my parents have purchased telestrations for us at home. So. Look what you've done. Look what Look you've done. What you've done. Which happen. version? The, uh. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think the UK is it version the after hours? Be the rated, oh my God, rated can we R. Do that one? No, no, there's an after hours one. I want that one. Yeah, yeah. That not for this podcast, so though. Um, <laughs> right, guys, this week we have two formidable leaders in the choreography world. They started as dancers, they have worked in film and television, They're they a power have worked couple. in the West End, they have worked on Broadway, they have choreographed for the likes of Harry Styles, Charlie Theron, Beyonce, Hugh Jackman, Jimmy Fallon, SNL, Keep to going. your favourite shows like Back to the Future or Frozen, have worked with Scotty on a ton of things. So this week we have Sarah and Chris, who I'm now going to define as the mighty morphing Power Rangers. They don't get colours. They're, They're all of them. Couple. They're all of the Power Rangers. <laughs> They're like week. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt of the they choreography are that world. Of the choreography world. That's what they are. That's what I'm going to go with. So we're very excited. Here we go. Enjoy. This episode of the British Tea Party podcast is brought to you by our friends at British Corner Shop. Use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today. Can you can you just repeat that, please? We'll do, we'll do an intro in a sec, but can, but we, you, can, go can we just start with that? Oh, just driving over here just now, and this is how synchronous the world is, and uh, probably haven't heard that song in a long time, but Sophie Ellis-Baxter's Murder on the Dance Floor was just playing, and Sarah was... I'm going to say lead dancer in that music video because you. You were, you were very featured. 
when I, when <laughs> I tell you, that song is incredible. I don't, I don't know how or when this has happened, but my brother has, a, has an amazing group of friends. There's like eight of them. And at every wedding or every event or anything, for some reason, that song. they all choose to put that song on three times. And it just becomes the most chaotic experience I've ever seen. And it's only that song. And I have no clue why. So now, now that it's so niche. Now that we're talking to you and he's going to listen to this, that's going to be my biggest claim to fame ever. Yeah. So I'm done. I'm going to go. The well, podcast is over. We're good. We're going to well, go. Well, you know what? It's so I dance on top of the pops with it too. So it's very exciting. Well, I only danced on top of the pops one time, but Chris Bailey, I think you danced on top of the pops many times, right? Um, a couple. I used to know. Yes. I got to say. A couple is a lot. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Great to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Chris I even does a dumb. Peter Andre, which is even better. Yeah. Than oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Claims to fame. This yeah. is amazing. These are yeah, big it, was, it, was, it, it was me and Louis Spence were his backup dancers. <laughs> I love Stop me. It. I love me. But there's a picture of me and Louis Spence. I was when I was you were like a, nine. I was in a pantomime <laughs> with him when I was about nine years old. Um, when really? I thought I was going to be Brilliant. a dancer, which Aww. was never going to happen. <laughs> um, so that was many years ago and in a different lifetime. But um, yeah, had a lot of fun with him. It was great. <laughs> yeah. um, guys, thank you for doing this. This is so cool. And Scotty, there's a third member. We're so excited. There's a third have member an extra of the host. British Tea Party podcast this week. It's Hi. normally just these guys, and I'm the token Australian. You Your parents British. are British. Australian British dancer, the- yeah. theatrical host. That's your yeah, official title. Uh, well, also because I've worked with both of these guys in different capacities. And so maybe I have a little bit more of an insight into some kind of what's it like to be a choreographer questions. Uh, that yeah. Other than the dumb ones you'll get from us. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. We'll be like, so how do we dance? Yeah. <laughs> Left foot in front, right foot, right guys. But um, before we do it, can you, you, thank you, but can you both just Say hi, say what you do, say who you are, because it's so cool to have you. Um, I'll go first. Um, so Sarah Glebe, I'm originally from Leicester. Um, oh, that's and me. Chris is from Leicester too. Yeah, I'm going to tell a very cute story how we've met, but we'll tell, tell that later. But um, we've been living in the States since 2008. We came when the economy just crashed. It was like perfect timing. Uh, and we came for a Broadway show and then we run different visas and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to all of that. Um, and then... Um, yeah, and then we thought we were just coming for a year and 15 years later and own a New York apartment and have a child and we had a dog and the cat and the life just opened up in this magical way. So, Chris Bailey, go. Um, so, I'm Chris Bailey. I'm also from Leicester. Uh, I'm from the north side of Leicester and south from the south side of Leicester. And I'm a choreographer. Currently got a show on Broadway. Um, Back to the Future and Sarah modestly left out and she's also a Broadway choreographer she had two um, shows this season Almost Famous and Shocked and that's what we do we choreograph and direct and produce things and um, on this side of the pond in the USA I mean that's, that's, that's potentially the best intro I've ever heard just to drop <laughs> we've got three three <laughs> shows in this season three of the biggest shows this Literally season as well ones. I mean, Back to the Future, Shucks, and what, sorry, what was the third one? Well, Almost, almost famous, famous, which was a, which was a big nephew that it But okay. it was with okay. the Still fabulous started. Cameron Crowe, <laughs> which is incredibly exciting. I mean, that's so cool. And I that mean, so cool. you've seen, you've already seen Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, I love I've Back I've not to had the, the pleasure yet, but I'm very so excited. Fun. Um, guys, you see it in London or did you see it I on saw the it in London. Um, great. I went with my parents because my dad is a massive fan of the films and he's not a musical person. Uh, great. 
but everyone else in right. our household is. And so we went and he literally It's the perfect loved middle it. ground for your family. He loved yeah. it. Literally the perfect middle ground. Yeah, it was yeah. so cool. Um, oh, God, sorry. sorry about that. God, I remember my first podcast. <laughs> you okay? Do you need a minute? Are you good? Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Lester, one, you said one of you's from the south, south side, one of you's from the north side. Which, is there, is there any... Midlands, uh, yeah. We have a lot of rivalry <laughs> well, about where we're from. Is there, was there any sort of debate on that one? Is there any divide there in Leicester? It's actually a dance in schools that slay the whole dance in schools with wives or dance. It was working yeah. when we got no. together. I, yeah, <laughs> I just said to Chris, does your mom know I'm, I'm a Missandei girl? Because he's from Janet Dupont, so now I'm from Anne Oliver. So that yeah. was the rival, the dance school. Yeah. That's amazing. And a brilliant little addition to that story. Oh, no. So, so they, were, they were proper rivals. But the addition to that little story is um, we have a business here. And we've actually named it after our dance technology. So it's Olive Pont, which is Anne Oliver's and Janet Dupont. Oh my God, that's uh, so just cool. To try and like, just try and heal that rift. <laughs> I think so you've cool. done it. You've taken a massive step forward. So you guys started your dancing careers in the UK going going to different dance schools, yeah. right? And then is that where things, is that where their love of dance came from? Or did it come from somewhere else originally? He's going first. You are. My, my story. So I was seven and I was watching something on the television and I went into my mum who was doing the washing up and said, Hey, there's this guy on the TV and he's amazing. I could do exactly what he was doing. She's like, that's great. Okay. So you watch the t- um, titles at the end and um, tell me who it is. And I came back in about half an hour and was kind of like, it's Rudy, Rudy Nuren, Ru- Rudolf Noriev's son. Yeah. Okay. And then she um, she called up her best friend who happened to run a dance school, Janet Lee Janet Dupont. And I think before she even got the words out, I think my son would like to be a duh. Janet was like, bring him to me because she had like obviously like 150 gals and no boys. So um, I went to her dance college. So I started seven from watching like one of the best ballerinas ever. Wow. And then um, so cool. did it from there. And my little story is like, actually, my sister, who was four years older than me, was actually much better than me. She was naturally good and I just wanted to be her. So I just wanted to go to dancing because she did. And then she discovered boys. And then I actually discovered they actually really liked it. (laughs) So I kept going. So, but I'm definitely like middle child, like, you know, like, um, it's not silly, but I will, like my sister's prettier than me. She's like smarter than me. She was definitely much better dancer than me. And I just wanted to be her in every kind of way. So um, I'm nothing's actually ever been natural for me. I've always had to work really hard for it. And actually, I find that that's a really wonderful thing in the States. Like, like if the door opens, people will open the door for you. But you have to take that opening. And then if you work really hard, then it'll pay off. So I think literally from when I'm like two, that that's paying off all this time later, yeah. if that makes yeah, sense. Definitely. No, it makes so much sense. I mean, Scotty, you can kind of attest to that, right? To all of your dancing background and your career in the West End and then coming out to the US. Yeah, I mean, definitely you don't get, <laughs> that's a little bit of a touchy subject, but you don't get cast just for being pretty always. You have to be excellent at what you do. You have to have a track record. You have to have an excellent work ethic, but also, I mean, probably increasingly now people can attest for you. So for instance, a casting agent can say, oh, I've used that person before, or you may speak to another dance captain, another director, another choreographer, um, when you're making casting choices. But 
Yeah, I think you can generally, you guys would be able to talk about that more. You can see how somebody's work ethic would be mostly from an audition, um, how they handle that, how they handle being in a group. And uh, yeah, I always remember Sarah being incredibly, an incredibly hard worker and, uh, and fearless, like, Oh, I've never even watched that track before. Sure, I'll jump in and do the whole track. Uh. <laughs> yeah, our child did like that. <laughs> I feel like that's dancers to a T, though. I think every every dancer I've had the privilege of knowing or coming across is just it's that fearlessness where they're like, "I'll do it. That's fine," and it's just flawless most of the time. I honestly think this is coming from someone that's not the best dancer in the world. I love you dearly, um, but you do have two left feet, and they are quite heavy. Definitely, uh, no, he's not what? wrong. It doesn't come. It doesn't come naturally to me at all. I've done it my whole life, which is the weirdest thing. But I've always been that person in the background that's like, I can keep up. I can keep up. I can do it. Um, but I've always thought it's like, well, that me saying this is like the hardest thing in the world, but also the scariest thing in the world. To, like, I would go on stage happily, act happily, sing, no problem. But to go on stage and dance is something that I'm like, that is absolutely terrifying. Well, I, I also, to, to jump ahead a little bit, the, the fact that you guys choreograph as well, I find that even... That's a lot. That's a lot. It's, there's, there's such a responsibility there. I mean, something that I was so interested in and wanted to ask is, A, how do you get approached to, to do the shows that you do on Broadway? And B, when they approach you, what's that timeline like? Because, you know, you're choreographing a whole show. Do they give you the music and say, come see us in three months? Or are they like, we need to see something next Friday at 12? And if not, you're out. Like how, what's that process like for you guys? I can talk because actually like theatre is not ent entirely our, like for me, like a third of my years, like television yeah. and the third of my years events and a third of my years theatre. So something that works very well for me personally is that I'm like resident choreographer in SNL. And so literally like a great quick story, but this is probably like five years ago, but I got a call Thursday night. Like I said, apparently you're the girl that can make a lot happen really quickly are you free for the next two days? And it was, this was literally 10 PM at night. And I was like, yeah, I went in the next day. I met Jimmy Fallon at two 30 and they were all there. And it was the first time the show was going live on both coasts. And they were like, we want to do something like really big. And we wanted to do it to this song. Go. And then that's literally all wow. they know. And then you're like, um, okay. So what if you really want to do something fun? Like Chris could come out of this door in this moment. And then <laughs> I know we could have panels come down the corridor and you just like start, spewing shit like like in the moment and this was going on and air on that saturday night and you got called yeah like this, is five, this is friday afternoon oh yeah this God. is this is two wow. third time friday afternoon i just and it's funny because they kind of go that's funny they're like flat <laughs> <laughs> and you're like okay um and then and they like, half an hour later they were like okay um this is a place of yes um how many dancers do you think you need to make this epic and i was like well, if you want it to be epic you need to have 100 dancers and they said if you have 100 dancers here by 5 p.m you can have them so this is in two oh, hours my wow. so, so i've got 86 dancers i think there in two hours like me and chris like this chris was with me and we just went you know like on our phones how do you even like find um, like inspiration to be like okay i this move this move this move this move. like that is the thing for me i'm like where'd you get the moves from well no but then the thing is that then you just it's actually the point of the story is like the dancers get there at five you just stop you, know, you just stop 
doing it. And then, but in theatre, like say, for instance, something like Hamilton or even Back to the Future, Chris was attached to Back to the Future for like maybe seven years before it happened. Wow. And like, there's like three workshops, there's an out of town, then there's the London production, then there's New York, and then, and the show actually gets better and better and better and better each time. Mm -hmm. So you're obviously not working on it for seven years, but you're working on it bits and bobs throughout that whole period of time and you're you thinking about time. it for seven years yeah <laughs> but so for instance something like SNL which is like this four minute number you make happen out of your ass and naturally because you're only just going on instincts and not overthinking things it's actually really great where sometimes in theatre you can overthink it like so much and you get so much feedback from so many mm. people on so many voices sometimes it can turn into something not all the time perfectly not too often there's something maybe that's a little bit in the middle. Whereas if you're just reacting and you have to make it happen really quickly, and sometimes that is maybe more wonderful than this, but they both have their pros and cons to mm -hmm. the creative approach to them. But does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it totally. just sounds like you're just completely relying on instinct and trusting your gut and going back to your training and your creativity. In those, in those situations. Intuition. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is uh, so cool. And yeah. Also, and also on that, I, I'm assuming the SNL is your the cook in the kitchen, whereas in most theatrical productions, there's ten opinions, and then there's more that aren't necessary. Yeah. Whose so, opinions are there? I don't. Yeah. I don't know the back so behind who, the so scenes it's a political of this. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> I'd love to know. There's quite a on a musical. There's quite a team. So there's like the the, the writers, and that could be you know on Back to Future we have like three right? So a, a book writer. We have two songwriters. There's a producer. Luckily, on Back to the Future, there's like one main producer that everything channels through. But on a on a on a um, show on Broadway, there can be like twelve, fifteen producers that all have an opinion yeah. um, and all have a love. Like, I love that bit. I love this bit. When well, someone else is saying like, "Get rid of that bit. Get rid of that bit." Oh my god! So um, you have to tailor to a lot of taste. There's also yeah. a director. There's also a designer and the designer of the costume, designer of the sets. Um, about to feature the same person, um, but it, there's a lot of voices and they all have an opinion. And particularly, a lot of the stuff we do in theatre is problem solving, and you're trying to figure out like how do we make this happen while we're also doing this massive scene change that so we cover that. And um, invariably, that falls upon the the choreography department because we have a a lot of smoke and mirrors. We have like you know 16 dancers or something. We can right. like kind of keep everyone busy with their eyes while something's happening back there. And um, but it, things do get done because someone might be like, oh, that feels a little edgy or that feels a little like near the mark or, you know, if you're trying to do something humorous and you're trying to sort of keep everyone happy but not get to in the middle, not get the middle is beige. Mm. We want to stay away from that. We want like, you know, we want the extremes if we can get them. Yeah. So that's why theatre, but also because it's a long process, you, it's, ooh, it's, it's like an uphill battle sometimes where there are if it's a tricky one on a TV gig, it's two days. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. two days, okay, that was a tough one. Move on. Whereas theatre's tough. Going back to your um, question is that how do you get those jobs? There's different ways. I've auditioned for jobs where someone has said, we're looking for a choreographer. We're going to get three choreographers to do a workshop. And then I would get two or four pieces from the, um, from the show. And then we'd make something up. Like, for example, I did a, a, sh a a sort of like almost famous, very short running show called Getting the Band Back Together. Mm. And it was mm -hmm. funny as hell. They just couldn't get an audience. And um, I remember having a meeting with the producer, Ken Davenport, and um, 
he was like, I want you to choreograph some numbers from the show. And he said, which ones do you want to do? And he sort of said, these four. And I said, I want to do these four. And he said, well, they're not even numbers. I said, that's my job. Mm -hmm. I'll show you what a number could be. And it was really useful because there's some things that weren't in his imagination of being big production numbers before that I was, I showed and showed him that like, actually these could be really awesome. These are the most um, imaginative things. Anything, we use the word theatrical. So anything that it comes out of someone's mind and there's like, there's suddenly like no parameters anymore. You know, you can sing a song where someone's singing a love song, but if you're someone's singing it in a thought, you can go anywhere. Right. The rules are yours. You do, you say, okay, like let's, let's bring on, you know, a big silver curtain and let's have sort of people come on in these crazy costumes and let's do, you can go anywhere you want to go if it fits the narrative you can make out of this sort of make believe moment. So, um, we made up some crazy numbers and that got me the gig. Um, incredible. And I've also auditioned for stuff we haven't got. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do those, you put what you work in, do three numbers, and then they're like, that's great, but no. Um, it's one yeah. of those interesting professions. Um, I've kind of, we all actually produce here in, in a different way, mostly for filmed media. And I've tried to equate it to different professions. If you do an accounting degree, for instance, you know that your job is going to progress and you'll probably be a junior accountant, a senior accountant. You can work up in a company, mm -hmm. you can spend a duration of time and that time accumulates to your expertise in that field. And certainly in producing, but also in what you guys do, there's no real, if you learn this, if you follow this path, it will work. It's a constant, well, let's use the word hustle. It's a constant yeah. hustle to... <laughs> how do you make it in as a successful uh choreographer yeah. and so there is no real strict path there's no rule there is yeah. no framework that you have to follow it's it's constantly finding different avenues and what are some of the more interesting avenues that you guys have found that i guess networking as as brits in the us how does that factor in for you uh in getting work and how was that transition just to follow up from that on the back end as well well, really quickly, our story. So we moved to the States in 2008 on O1 visas, like separate O1 visas. And we, we know moved that world. For, we do. <laughs> yes. Then we moved for a board revival of Wicked Dune. And then we were with like at a party in London, say, bad bitches, you know, we moved into <laughs> London for a year. And, uh, and then we had a sublet on an apartment. Oh, actually, one of our first sublet actually was on the Upper East Side. And we were like, all of these are nice cool. people. Like, um, we were like... <laughs> Like, I was like, these aren't people. <laughs> you know? And then, anyway, we're now on the Upper West Side. But um, anyway, and it all fell apart very quickly within a couple of days. And we had no money. And, you know, when you want to know one visa, I'm sure you guys have spoken about this before, but you can't go to Starbucks and get a job. Right. right. Yeah. Right. I was pretending to, like, you know, I was pretending to my parents we were still going to rehearsals every day because I didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. And then actually Chris and... Rob Ashford, who the gentleman is, who we, why we moved to the States, who's a big Tony-winning director choreographer. Chris and Rob went on to Shrek the musical, and Shrek extended Chris's O1 visa, and they went on to work on that show. I was kind of like running around Central Park every day, and like kind of I always remember going out on an Americans Girls Night Out, my first one, and I ended up using the CNX next Tuesday word, and it was all like. Oh, like, I can't believe you've <laughs> done this. So the worst thing I in the world. Literally, and I will never forget, I could even tell you the bar we were in, and then it was really like dead silence. You could hear a pin drop. 
I always suggest them. But then obviously I like said it a number of times and then again because I just got really nervous <laughs> and just got scared. <laughs> anyway, tangent. Um, and then anyway, we then um, got our green cards and um, then we just stayed and just things started evolving. I danced on Broadway in like many shows um, and then I was like dance captain and then Chris was associate to Rob, who we worked for, and then and then Chris started doing his own things, and then I was like assistant to when Chris was associate, and then I became Rob's associate, and then we did lots of, I mean, we've done so many gorgeous things, opera, Tony Awards, Oscars, films, wow. Broadway shows. I mean, like we've really done everything. Rob is a huge, very yeah, lucky. Like, incredible. Yeah, we're very lucky. Everything. Like, yeah, Rob has been. Like, yeah. I guess you've got to be in the right place at the right time, but yeah. then when you're in that right place at the right time, you've got to know it's an opportunity and you've got to know mm-hmm. to seize it and then go for it. You know, there's so many, so many people we know that are much more talented than us aren't still doing this. And sometimes it's because it's a tough road for a bit and then you get an opportunity or it's like a glimpse of an opportunity and you just have to kind of like put your heart and soul into it and, and take the risk sort of thing. Um, the the idea of like the, the journey, there's so many, if you talk to a lot of different choreographers, there's so many different journeys. I actually remember writing letters to producers on like kind of um, more regional um, theatres because I didn't figure out I would get like a Broadway show straight off the bat. And I remember writing a letter. It's like, you know, I'm an up and coming choreographer. I've been working for Robash for X years. Um, I would love to, you know, uh, be given a position as a choreographer and show what I can do. And it was so wonderful, wonderful and weird because all the letters came back saying, great, when you get a show and you're choreographing it, Catch let 20. us know. And I kind of wanted to write my bag like, actually, I'm asking you if you'll give me a that that kind of tricky situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, it's you know, because you have to remember a lot of these productions, they're expensive. So, People don't want to take risks on someone who's mm. not tried and tested. So yeah. it, what is the real? We've both done it in a sense where we've been an associate for someone notable um, and someone quite brilliant. And that gets you then known mm-hmm. in certain circles. And then eventually someone rings you up and say, hey, listen, in fact, it did happen. If I can't get him, could I have you? It was like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. that was a that by happened a, once to us. At that point, everyone's sort of like, "Well, if you're with them, then you must be great." Like you're good enough then, for them, then, then you're good enough. Yeah, for them. The snowball effect. At least just schooling through a particular yeah, yeah mm-hmm. wealth of knowledge that oh, you must some of it must rub off on you in a way, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after also, that, then it's like, all on you. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I was going to say what the main goal is when you do something. If you get asked back, you know you've done okay. If you yeah. don't ask, uh, get asked back, then you need to look at yourself and be like, okay, what do I need to do? You know what I mean? So we've, yeah. we've been lucky in that sense that people asked us back because we're, we're, we're pretty good at what we do, but also we make sure we are lovely and treat everyone the way we'll be treated and, you know. Also, like, Sorry, so, Sarah. you know, we go to part. No, I was, I was going to get to it. Like, you go to these parties and like, oh, you're English. You're so adorable. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, they <laughs> just love you. And then, oh, my God, I love your accent. Yeah, you ham it up. Yeah, you ham it up. Yeah. It's marvelous. It's extraordinary, darling. <laughs> you know, and then all these things. And then they say, oh, I should connect you with um, Chris Bailey, you know, so I'll email you guys in the morning. Mm-hmm. So then you'd be like, dear Chris, 
oh, you possibly mentioned last night that you might possibly would like to meet up for coffee. But of course, I would never expect to think. But you know, if you did possibly have the time. And then see, like, why this epic email of like 10 sentences just full of apologies? And then one lady said to me, are you emailing everybody like that? And I said, well, I, you know, I just don't want people to think I expect anything. And they said, happy to hear from you. What do you want? Goodbye. <laughs> like, they were like four sentences max. And I was like, oh. was that so abrupt? And it's so funny now because if somebody emails me and I see the length of the email and I'm like, oh, God, what oh. do they want? Like, and then I'm leaving, go, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, out. Like, you know, and it's, and, but that took us ages. People. To learn yeah. that, yeah. But it took us ages to kind of dilute that out of us, you know. Hi guys, are you a British expat missing the taste of home, or perhaps you're just a lover of all things British? If so, then you need to check out British Corner Shop. British Corner Shop is your one-stop shop for all your favourite British treats, from Jaffa cakes, my favourite, to Walker's crisps, and even Heinz baked beans. They have it all, and the best part. They deliver straight to your doorstep, no matter where in the world you are. But here's the cherry on top. British Corner Shop has an exclusive partnership with none other than Marks & Spencer, one of the UK's most iconic brands. And you can now indulge in the finest offerings from M&S without leaving your home. Whether it's a comforting cup of tea that you crave or some delicious buttery shortbread, British Corner Shop has got you covered. Plus, they offer fast and reliable shipping, so you don't have to wait long to get your hands on your favourite British goodies. So. Do you fancy getting a box of British happiness delivered to your door? Not me or Ben included. Then use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today. So what are you waiting for? Head to britishcornershop.co.uk now and satisfy your cravings for all things British. That's incredible. I have a That's question. So, so yeah, yeah. J- just in case there are people listening that may not even really know Mi- what... We an- call her Mildred in Middlesbrough. Mildred, Mildred in Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Oh. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Hi, because, Mildred. Because an associate choreographer <laughs> is, um, I know you guys know this, but is is essentially somebody who represents the production on behalf of the choreographer and is able to go overseas, for instance, and put that show up. Would you guys be able to just explain? Because that's yeah. a... That's that as a stepping stone in itself mm. is 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 a great way to get seen and be be known by different producers, for instance, in, internationally. Is that something that you guys? Um, how would you explain that to somebody who who's not really really heard of that job title before? Well, I'll talk. Chris, you can talk about it from a creative point of yeah. view. But I'll talk about it from this just a quick point of view. So, Frozen on the musical, I was associate choreographer on that. And so you go out of town and then you come into New York and then like Scott said, you know, the productions start going out then to Germany and London and Japan and Australia and all of those things. And then it's your responsibility as the associate to go and like you go out and do all the initial casting and then you bring, you slim it down right to the last few for each track, like each track. uh, I I think there's so much the actors and dancers could know from the very beginning, which would just kind of clear their headspace in the most amazing way because it's so specific. Right. Like each track, it's like insanely specific. And then like, then you, then you basically put up the show and then the lead creatives come in at the very end and give all their wonderful notes for you to like take it to a whole other level. And what was really, when you talk about getting jobs that to Disney, it was a massive part for me. They really saw my manner they saw how I can fix problems so quickly. They and they've been a big um, microphone for me to get jobs. And so Disney and New York have been 
massive for me that way. So, but creatively, go Chris Bailey. <laughs> was it was it Mildred in Middlesbrough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mildred. 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 So for Mildred in Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, when Sarah talks about tracks, we don't musical track. You mean like people? We have an ensemble track one, an ensemble track two, and that's a person. So she's talking about the jobs that person has to do. They do this role. They do that role. That's that. So um, so an associate choreographer, it can be different for who you work for. Because there are certain um, choreographers that are very um, self-sufficient and they just need somebody to note it and to make sure the information is down and be a kind of almost like a clerical administrator sort of thing. But there are other people, and this is what we learned from Rob Ashford, is sometimes you need a collaborator and you need a sounding board and you need someone in your darkest hour you can talk to and you can vent to and you can be like what am i doing is this good is this bad you need someone that can be there by your side and tell the truth and and rob and i had a wonderful relationship because we used to get into healthy discussions should we say or even argument because <laughs> i was sure that he was wrong and he was sure he was right and that kind of stuff and but sometimes that kind of friction created really brilliant stuff and and it also allowed me to learn that Sometimes someone's idea might be so out of left field and might say, that sounds on paper crazy, but let's give it a go and see what, what we get from it. So what we do, Sarah and I, is we have, um, we have these collaborators, these associates, and, and my associate's been with me for 10 years, Beth Crandall, and Sarah's associate's been with her for five or six, Sarah? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Robin? Yeah. 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 And when and you find a good one, you, you want to keep holding them because it's literally like your right arm. It's like somebody that will make you work better in the design process, in like the creative process. Because a lot of what we do, weirdly, the steps part is the easy part. It's actually the, first of all, figuring out what you want to make a number out of, like which parts of the show, or which numbers in the show you want to be like, let's blow this up. Then you have to figure out the concept okay, what color are we painting with? What are we going to do? What's the idea? And then eventually you get the steps. That's like the last part. So to have someone that you can bounce ideas off and then also, you know, you have this great, amazing idea and you take it to the writers and there you go like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you go like, okay, do I fight that fight? What do I say, and this does happen? Let me get some people in the room. Let me throw it up, show you. And then sometimes they come around. It might just be your explanation of it. Or sometimes they're like, no, that's not our show. And you have to come again and you have to then like come up with another idea. And having someone there with you, Sarah and I both do this a lot with each other's work because we both do what we do. We get to like knock our heads together and go like, here's my problem. Here's what I need to do. And you need, is it anything in life? Sharing, having a partner to share it with halves the load. Yep. So mm -hmm. in our situation, our associates are like, they are so integral to the piece. Then Beth also looks after the show and she makes sure, sure the understudies are up and running and stuff and, and teaches all of them. And then as we look at our next productions, she'll have a hand in teaching it to some other folks around the world. But um, particularly for us associates, like they are such an integral part of any production. They literally like have half a hand in it. I mean, so, I mean, that's so amazing what you just so eloquently put. And it's, and, it, and it's something that we, I think you can relate to it in any field you're in because mm -hmm. Jenna and I have it where, you know, Jenna's an actress and funny enough, she, you, you auditioned for uh, the touring edition of 
Frozen not mm. that long ago, and she'll come to me and be like, but, "How's this? How does it sound? How does that look?" And then yeah. if I've got ideas yeah. for, it's, for production, it always makes or, it so much better because I I don't know when you're so close to something, it's hard to see it from the outside and be like one tiny thing you do yeah. differently can make something one so, inflection that's going to change yeah, you're everything like, why wouldn't you do that and I'm like, oh my god that makes so much sense and then it's the same even down to <laughs> something more mundane where i'll call you or i'll call scotty and i'll be like can you just look over this email because if we get this pitch this is going to change the entire creative but it, it, it's so integral well, to everything so it, it's we've all got our associate always, yeah. choreographers out there in, in our life <laughs> yeah. i think in, in yeah. work and in life which yeah. is so cool yeah, it can be isolating yeah, because you need you're them. creating something and you just to get a different perspective that isn't necessarily coming from a a critical point yeah. of view, yeah, more like, a, oh, well, let's see how we can find something that might be make this better or, yeah. or might just be a different skew that you that works differently. Um, yeah. do, you, do you guys have a, I mean, I've got a couple of questions, which everything you've said, which is so interesting because it seems like whether you're working with Harry Styles or a celeb, or if you're working on a show or if you're working on SNL or you're working in film and TV, it all just seems to stem from what's the story, what's the creative, yeah. and then it comes from there, which is so interesting. Do you guys have a favorite? Do you, do you have, I was literally thinking, you know, what's their favorites? It, maybe it's everything because it's like picking your favorite child, but you know, is, when you get that call for SNL or film, do you love that more than if you get a Broadway call or if a celeb calls and said, I need you to help me put this together? I also want to ask on the back of that, your, that like the most challenging job you've had. So like your oh. favorite and the most challenging. It can be the same one. <laughs> How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I start on that a little bit? So yeah. Sarah and I are very different in the way we work. Sarah loves a blank slate that she can just pluck inspiration out of the air and create something. That's my worst nightmare. Right. I need a script. <laughs> Sarah, I, I so need brave. someone to at least pick the pick the road I'm going down, mm. rather than me standing at a crossroads with eight different roads and me going. Like, oh. <laughs> so, um, Sarah is wonderful at doing these really big and bold creative events, and I I would speaking for her say that's her favorite thing. Is that the truth, Sarah? Yeah, but like bold. <laughs> No, but I you like do. Unfair. You splash bold colours on it and you go for it. Whereas no, I prefer little. something that has a... <laughs> but those things don't have to have a narrative. In fact, those things are just like, let's just do something and let's blow people's socks off and let's do this. And then we'll hit them over the head with this and then we'll do that. And it's kind of like best idea wins. For me, as stressful as it can be, um, doing a musical is my sort of thing. And the funner the story, the better. Um, my favorite gig was doing, uh, as an encores at, um, yeah. uh, city center and it was the New Yorkers and it's, um, it was like a play that was in a box with various bits of script and various songs. And we created this amazing thing with, um, Scarlett Stravin, who was another Brit over here. Um, she starred in it and it was just a riotous affair where it was kind of like, there was a song about a food. So it's like, let's have some dancers come on. Let's have like blow up turkey legs and let's do a big tap right. routine with blow up right. turkey legs. It was kind of like ridiculous. And it, because it was so sort of irreverent, it was kind of like, let's just, let's just do some silly things. And then also actually one of the other favorite gigs was um, we did um, also, the, all, we're interesting, all these three jobs are with John Rando. So that was with John Rando directing, Back to the Future's John Rando directing. And the other thing we did together was um, Jerry Springer, the opera off Broadway oh, yeah. here and that again it's just like best idea wins it's just let's be utterly 
ridiculous with this wonderfully yeah. but utterly ridiculous production um and i like it when it's it's written down but it's it's wild it's like okay i can top that with a someone flying down an angel suit from the ceiling sort of thing you know what i mean yeah um, <laughs> i see yeah that. and yeah. i tend to but, like yeah no <laughs> and chris and i are very like it's interesting i'm all heart and stomach like you know you, mm. you go to dance college when you're 16 and i'm like i would say i'm not educated you know like down on paper but i'm very emotional <laughs> chris mainly <laughs> um and so like i'm like i'm all heart and tummy and i actually won't overthink things i'll just let my body tell me i'll just be like just sit and then i'll just be like i'm just bored <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm just so bored you know or i'll be like oh yeah 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 you know but like and i'm just like loving it like i'm very like like this and um, whereas Chris will be like yes down on the page it says this sentence wow. this blah 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 and I'll be like I know it could say that sentence suddenly but I'm just bored so like <laughs> how can we mix it up you know like you know and when we used to work together like when we were with the children what that's all the time but now we don't work so much together because sometimes it can be a little bit like this but again in a wonderful way Chris Bailey which <laughs> equals gorgeousness but I'm a bit more of American like I'm like yes and whereas we <laughs> we were just one of the bunch of Brits actually at the weekend in the south of France. So oh, uh, oh, darling, we want a super yacht with a oh fine very fancy thing. I know. We didn't pay. Um, anyway, um, so anyway, but we were with a bunch of Brits and they're bringing in their like hedge fund actually from London to New York. And we were talking about from a creative point of view, it's amazing to be with American dancers because you can throw an idea wow. at them. And they go, yes. And then they just go for it. They don't care if they're on the right foot or the left foot. Like they just like give it to you. So creatively, you can work out really quickly if you're onto something or not. Boys will be like, oh, well, am I on my right foot or my left foot? But they're going before me. But like they just can't, like they just won't throw themselves in there. Right. But this gentleman was saying it's actually a really beautiful thing to have Americans and Brits together because the Americans will say yes. And this is me and Chris down to a T. I'll be like, yes, because I'll be like, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, oh, God. You know, like, he's like coming up with the problems and I just want to go for the win. Yeah. You know, like, I've turned much more American that way. That sounds and like so, with the pair of you. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and a yeah, great you know, compliment as well to one another. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can get, like, we always say, like, you know, I went to watch Back to the Future. Like, I give Chris Bailey on my notes. Like, Chris will come watch my show and he'll give me all his notes. But we're the only people that are going to be, like, brutally honest with each yeah, other yeah, because yeah. we it's want great. the best for each other. Yeah. yeah Sometimes a bit too brutal. But <laughs> 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 so much to the brutal. <laughs> no, but I just want it to be brilliant. And I want it to be, yeah. you know... And like as a, a mayor's is like a big client of mine, you know, yeah, like gorgeous Birkenbacks. That. That's so and like cool. we would do yeah, but we were doing a musical last year. I won't say which one. And um and whereas and this one work affair, it was like dilute your ideas, dilute your right, you right. know, just dilute your ideas. Whereas our mayors were like, go bigger, go bolder, go bigger, go bolder. And I was like, Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and we were like in New York having like this only like and I just thought those moments in New York and you're like only in New York, but this be happening yeah. right now. What, like, what did you do for them last and, year? What was the what was the go bigger, go bolder? It was they were doing this amazing event where they literally just moved their head, their flagship store from 62nd in Madison 
the Sixty Garden medicine. Yeah. And they closed down the entire block. Oh, like wow. we had like a whole musical from the new shop to the old shop and wow. celebrating. There's three musicals, it was, really. It was amazing. <laughs> that is so it was cool. on it. Yeah, it went to hundred performers. It was um it that was the one. They're the things that I'm like. Mm. I just go to bed and I'm like, I'm so happy. Yeah, Whereas, yeah, you know, in, so in, cool. yeah, but in the musicals, which I also really, really, really love, but you can be like, oh God, like that's rubbish. How can I fix it? Or how can I get those people to see that it's rubbish? You know, and like, how yeah. can we fix it? Or like, it's so vanilla, Ugh. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, and then you're like, I know you, you I need, to shift I, it up. I know you mentioned that you, you have your associates, right? And they're the ones that kind of are your extension. But when you've done a show like that, that's going to do a run on Broadway, do you do you let them know that you're coming or, or do you sneak in just to check up that's and sit in question. the audience and go, hmm, let me go and have a look, guys. Just need to check they're keeping up you know? <laughs> And then you go backstage and go, guys, I've got to sort this shit out. <laughs> well, Chris's show is actually much more specific than my show. Actually, down on paper, I've always said this that the kind of dancers or creates like maybe I would have done Back to the Future and Chris would have done Shocked like like probably like a few years ago because Shocked is more actor based and mm. um, you just have barrels and planks and you're just trying to make magic out of barrels and planks right. and but actually we're kind of doing the opposite shows and Chris's show is like a full huge huge dance show and they have to be very specific on their numbers so Meredith Mildred Mildred Mildred, like, you know, uh, Mildred, Mildred, like there's numbers across the front of the show and you have right. to like line yourself up with tracks and like numbers and all that stuff. Mm. Whereas my show is actually a bit more, very much lo- more looser and I like them to bring themselves to it and kind yeah. of like, because they're all very individual. So my show is actually much looser than, and actually I don't want them to clean it up too much because it's right. just so gorgeous when they're all coming to yeah. class. Whereas Chris, like, and Chris, I don't know if you would tell the cast, but you'd definitely tell Beth you were going, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it's sort of, I've done both. In London, particularly, I go back, say I've gone for some auditions or something and I'm going to the show. They tend to know I'm coming, but I did do one um, time and I didn't tell them I was coming. And it is interesting because obviously when you are there, people want to do the best for you. They want to like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, show off for you and stuff. So it's not it's not quite the show that you would see every night. And sometimes that's... It's too much. It's like, okay, that was like kind of, you know, a special occasion and we need to just sort of like make it real sort of thing. Mm. Um, so it, it's good to do a bit of both. It's good to right. sort of like catch people. Um, the first job with everything is to make sure you have great people and, and you don't have to check in on them because they're all going to be doing their thing. They're all yeah. pros and they're all giving 100%. You know what I mean? But obviously you, you want to pace yourself for eight shows a week. So you can quite validly have a conversation with somebody and go like, I can see that you're saving yourself. Just make sure on that moment, that's not a, yeah. when you're standing front and center, don't save yourself there. That's like, mm-hmm. go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you can have those conversations because you do, I mean, people have to get to eight shows a week vocally, it's eight hard. shows a week physically. And when no one to break them, you know, they're humans and they're flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we have given, it's a hard show, show. So it's not yeah. in people's bodies. Would you say that there's what? a, You've mentioned about the difference in like approach from the dancers, but would you say there's a big difference in workflow between things that you've done in London and things that you've done here? Yeah, massive. Like yeah. Americans love to celebrate, so it's, <laughs> we get, we just naturally have 
and what just more jobs like literally just more jobs in the states that's why we've stayed yeah you know right. like you just americans love to celebrate in the most wonderful way and so it's budgets are bigger you know like Absolutely. ideas are bigger Much like bigger. it's just bigger you know yeah. and so but actually we left 15 years ago and i'm about to, i'm about to go back and direct my first musical oh my I gosh wow. and i'm just yeah that just is a little so cool. plebe from leicester can you, can you um, tell us what and, that is sarah yeah you can know, you tell but, us but literally no but i was there like, when was i there like i was like january no april i went about for casting auditions and went to the umbrella rooms which is like this like audition place but i literally you know i left london as a swing you know right and then that's so cool and then you know I came in, I had my scarf, and I was like, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's like, I was, yeah. And um, anyway, but these people are coming in to audition, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're coming in to audition for me. This is like so exciting. And, um, but I, Chris really has taught me the kind of leader that I, I wanted to be, or just naturally to be. Chris is so beautiful at the front of the race, man. He doesn't make it about him in any kind of way, and he just only makes it about for everybody else in the room. And, he just doesn't have the answer to a question. He says, I don't know, let's figure it out together. And Chris has really taught me that. And so it's just been so lovely to like have these 15 years here and especially being a swing for a really long time because you get to like be at the back and observe so much. And then like now to go back, I was there in June for a few weeks for a reading of the show and so it's like you get to bring like this American positivity into it, but you also like, and I'd like get to be yourself and then the weather was like so glorious in London. So <laughs> actually just like felt so wonderful. And actually it was the first time in 15 years that I missed London. I haven't missed it at wow. all in 15 years. Like, you know, and it was the first time I was like, oh, well, this is nice. Tea great. This kid. You know, and like just the whole, um, like work, like especially musicals, like it's a machine. Like, you know, ten minute break is ten minutes, and not one minute over ten minutes. Whereas in London, it's like sixteen minutes, eighteen <laughs> minutes. Shall we start back? <laughs> like doing it's just like it's much more casual, and and so so we have just found, and it's fine because we, you know, we have this, we have a son who's four and a half German, and he's got this horrible like accent, or cute accent, but he's like half English, half American, mm. you know, but like, mama, I can't do that, but I have some water, you know, yeah. and then, you know, we're like, you can have some water, you know, and Chris <laughs> and I keep each other very honest, but it's just been, I couldn't really ever see us moving back home, you know, so we've you been in like, you forever home. Yeah, and we love, and it's funny with LA, like, we've always been in LA, like, January, February for the Oscars, or right. like, doing yeah. a film or something, and of course, being in LA in January is like amazing. You know, Perfect it's like who well. doesn't want to be there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've never been there not working. And there's something about, and it's funny too in New York, the community, especially the theatre community, is astounding. Like, I, I always say, when people move over or move to New York, like it takes two years, and there's so much you can. You always want to get someone's family. It's like, yeah. so you want to get in our family. Like so many actors and dancers take care of Jonah and because they're so invested in Chris and I, they're so invested in Jonah, which mm-hmm. makes him so magical, you know? And and there's so much free things on a Monday night. Like you can sing in a cabaret, you can dance in a cabaret. You can like, you can become parts of people's families like on Monday nights. Like yeah. you want to get be yeah. a part of doing all this stuff for free, you know? And And it's just so... 
embracing. Like we'd never met more generous people in our lives when we when we moved to New York. Anybody would do anything for you. It was kind of like it's so and magical. Everyone stop. It's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is overwhelming. <laughs> no, exactly. And I just and we're trying to pay it forward now that yep. we have the opportunity to. And we just think New York is the most magical place to bring up a child and creativity is just wonderful. You know, it's just a beautiful thing. I, I mean, we I, love I, New York. We're I, obsessed we, with it. It's funny you said we it keep takes being two like, years. Can we go? Because we we we've debated <laughs> about moving in January because LA is pretty much the opposite of everything you've just said. <laughs> uh, if you live <laughs> here on a day to day. I love working here. It's cool. But, the weather's um, great. I love yeah. the weather. But you, you, I mean, you love New York as well, don't you? Yeah, but definitely on that point that the community here is, I'm not even sure how you're out for yourself. Coming. Everyone's out for themselves. Everyone's out for themselves because I guess the, the, especially in the film and TV industry, the money factor is people really only want to invest in you if you, if they know that they can make money. Yeah. From you. You, it's if, not if you about script, you. It's they, about money. They, they want to read it because they see dollar signs, for mm-hmm. instance. So it's so definitely yeah, more that factor than the the creativity aspect, I think. Um, yeah, and we and miss theatre so much here. Oh, Although but the- I will give some credit to LA for, what, for, the, for what they're trying to create here at the moment. This this Broadway in Hollywood marketing try- campaign is doing quite well, <laughs> uh, and we've but seen we a lot. Went, um, we went to New York for a weekend to see. Parade, Prima Facie, and Goodnight yeah. Oscar, and it was like the best weekend the of my mad- entire life. Oh, we got really lucky with the weather. It was yeah. it, it was, was incredible, June and it was in Celsius. It was like twenty five degrees Celsius, and we just we just it was right glorious. It was incredible. Yeah, it was the best weekend. But um, yeah, it's <laughs> no, but magical. New York has been, and it's fun. You know, I know people say that about LA, and and it's funny with Brits too. You know, you're like kind of you know Aussies, like you know some my dearest Aussies, you know, and. But Who? Who are they? I, I, <laughs> are they not so? What is this? <laughs> no, but it's like, I think New York, and also because you bump into each other all the time, you walk mm. everywhere. Mm. Doing yeah. like, you just. So true. Like, everyone walks everywhere. So you're always bumping into each other and you're like, well, oh, honey, I needed to talk to you about all this. I don't know. You're just like, literally just, just got a job. And then you say, God, just answer. And you're like, oh, honey, I think email me in like 10 minutes, you right. know? And then like, you know, and, and you just kind of, I don't think Chris and I could speak more about how generous the community are oh. and mm. like and how embracing they are and 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 when they and especially again just to like if you can lead the way that Chris has taught me to lead, people just want to be in your room. You're like creating this really safe room, you know, and mm. like I can make everyone laugh all day. I can get it done in half the amount of time that someone's mean. Do you mean kind of right. thing? I've always yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of people that are mean and mediocre. So if we can be nice and mediocre, we'll be fine. Yeah, if you'll we can win. Be good and mediocre, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fifty yes. percent of the battle. I think I think you can be Absolutely talented, but I think if if, if you're an arsehole, people are not going to. You, you don't want to be around people. You, you have to be nice. that much better and be an arsehole, it's also or you one can of those, be nice and be good. And one of those like, basic yeah. human requirements that people like to be appreciated. You know, if, yeah. you can, if somebody Absolutely. can feel appreciated and that they're worthwhile, then you're always going to be able to bring the best out of them. Yeah. Chris, what is it? Whenever we work, no, so whenever we work in LA, we always get, we feel very, always feel very appreciated because of the way we treat people. Right. I went yeah. did a, a great, we're doing a lot of dropping, name dropping today, but I went did a great um, thing over there and it was a Gucci campaign. Oh, I like just picked that name up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. heavy. And, um, oh. So 
And it was, I met this amazing, um, we work with him now, Glenn Lutchford, this brilliant um, artist, photographer. And um, so he's I went British. over there and it was kind of, uh, he's British, yeah. He's from, where's he? Birmingham? No. Brighton. Brighton. There you go. All the bees. Um, I went over there and the job had got set up by a different choreographer and they, and because it was so big, I think it was a little out of the depth possibly of that choreographer. So they needed someone in that they knew could do big events. And like we've done, I mean, we've done movies with a hundred people. We've done Tony's with a hundred other people and, yeah. um, but, you know, and um, so I went and did this gig and it was kind of like, I, first of all, I was looking at budgets like, okay, you don't get all these people all this time. I'm going to use this call. They've got like 20 odd dancers and said, I'm going to use like four this day, six that day. And then we'll bring in the 25 that day and add another 25 for the last shot. And they're like, we can't afford it. I was like, yeah, you can if you only use these people these days. Wow. So we actually get, the last shot was amazing. We had 50 dancers and this massive, there was a big take on like MGM, Golden Age musicals. Yep. And uh, movie musicals. Mm-hmm. And the, on the last day, we're doing this big shoot. We had like this guy roller skating. We had people coming on these massive steps. with Lots of people doing lots of things. And at the end, um, they all started saying goodbye. And I started calling them by name. Every single one. Yeah. And Glenn looked at me and was like, you know all their names? Like, yeah. That's the least I can do. I've got to learn their names. That's 50 people. Yeah. But it's just an interesting way where you're talking about how people are treated. Now, he is English, but it was just interesting that sense of like, oh, they're people. Yeah, they've come to work for us. And they, so we find, and always we get people then talking to us about like how they get treated as actors, as dancers. Because it is very cut and thrust in LA and everyone's yeah. trying to get that gig and everyone's trying to do a thing and they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily sitting there with oodles of confidence that like, this is my gig. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to treat people with respect. It's like, I've got to somehow take this sort of tension and kind of like throw it out there and people are going to get it in the air because I'm struggling or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and we always try and make sure that we bring in any project that we do, the best of ourselves and treat people how we want to be treated. And I find that in LA, it's a really big difference. In yep. New York, it's kind of like more normalized, but in LA, it's like there's a big difference in how the, the people at the bottom are treated. And like you were talking about the, the people that can make you money are treated. Yeah. So um, I do love also, LA. Like yeah. You talk about the weather. Oh, well, we do. The weather I and love. And the dancers, all our dancers over there, like we love them so much. But they also, like, yeah, they'll say, and they also say, thank you for being on time. Like if you're doing auditions or something <laughs> yeah. and everyone's so like, you know, and you're, you're everyone in groups, you know, like 10 to 11, 11 to 12, lunches, 12 to 1 or whatever. And then we always like are on time because like <laughs> you've given them time stuff, <laughs> you know, and then they'll be like, and then at the end, like, so they'll be like, thank you for being on time or like, oh, my car was on the meter or something like, you know, like, could I run out and just it put, makes you know, I'm making yeah, it up. It like, yeah. And you're like, of course, fun. you know, well, like there was this girl one time, she came back before we called and she was like, Oh, um, my babysitter just let me down. Do you think your little girl could come in? I'm like, yeah, I'll hold up. Or you just done, Blake? And she was like, she was like, she was like, oh my god, thank you so much. And I'm like, I want you to get the job, like you know. And it's, it's just giving, like, it's the human aspect of it. Yeah, we're all human beings at the end of the day. Yeah, and and it's a job. We're not just machines. As much as you guys do incredible jobs and they're very glamorous, it's like it's a job, right? And we're all humans, and we've all got to just eat food and pay rent at the end of the day, (laughs) and that's that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the weird thing about that like, timekeeping thing, I remember asking somebody that, like, how are people late? And they were telling me a story about a comic that was like five hours late and they just slept in. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's oh. not like five minutes late, 10 minutes late. That's just like, 
I don't, I don't care. Uh, that's just a sense of, yeah. It's a blatant yeah. And that's disregard. like, that, I'd be horrified at yeah. that. They would thought yeah. that of me. Yeah. I, think, oh, yeah. I, I even think there was an LA club where they came to New York and didn't even turn up on the first day. No. And it was like, oh like in New York that just doesn't like, doesn't like that just wouldn't fly. One, yeah. one thing you just mentioned that was fascinating to me, and I think a lot of people, especially Mildred, but a lot of people would be shocked to know <laughs> is just the scheduling and the, and the budgeting aspect of what you do as well, right? It's not just turn yeah. up and set steps and think of shows and stuff like that. But it, from what you've just said, it's, a lot of budgeting, it's a lot of scheduling, it's a lot of timing, it's a lot of people. Can, can you speak to that side of it as well, that it's not it's all producing? Yeah, it's producing, absolutely. Mm, it yeah, that's not normally part of our job per se, but because we do do it, we can help out with those situations. When you go to somebody that is in charge of the purse strings and you say, I need this, and yep. they go, I can't afford it. Then we go, like, okay, let's make you afford it. Let's figure, figure it out. out Sarah, yeah. famously, when we did TED 2, the movie... <laughs> We were trying to figure cool. out, what we were trying to figure out, Sarah, and you got, your reward was a golf cart for the day. Oh, well, yeah, oh, wow. well, actually, yeah, that actually is one of my favourite jobs, when you're talking about favourite jobs. So I was Ted to the movie, yep. and with 100 dancers, they had, it, they had scheduled, they put two million aside for this, like, three and a half, um, three and a half minute moment, and they, they'd already spent 3.9. They said, you can't spend any more money, but you can move money around. So okay. my job every day was to go in and, like, move money around, because, when we got to the creative, like we needed more dancers in this one section that we'd right. like, and we'd originally said, blah, 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 blah. And then one day, <laughs> I used to like save them $100,000. I deserve a present. And they were like, what do you want? And I was like, and we were at Fox Studios, I think. And I was like, I really want a golf cart. Yeah. And I'd like That's to drive so cool. like on this, on yeah. the thing. And they were like, well, we can definitely do that. <laughs> but, like, I was like, that's like I remember I did we did a show on the Fox lot yeah. and I was a production assistant and I was for that day I was the golf cart production assistant so I had to best get like the extras ever. and I had to bring them to set and take them back and forth <laughs> and it was the best job yeah, I've that's... ever done and I remember them <laughs> yeah, the the cheerleaders the extras they were like oh we forgot to sign our paperwork and I was like that's okay I'll take you back and bring you back again that's so fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> but talking about producing though is like but this should be events I do. I definitely do produce them and mm. they definitely give me the budget and yeah. I break it down how I want it to be broke down. And I actually wish in theatre they did that more because especially in theatre, the boundaries are amazing. Yeah. Like, like, um, I don't know, am I going to make the show with 12 chairs or am I going to have like different levels? I'm like, you need to know where the budget is. And even on one thing, and a lot of the time, you know, you're like blue sky. It. Do you know what I mean? So you're just dreaming big and yeah. you're like, I'd love this, 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 and this. And then they'll say, um, <laughs> on one thing, they were like, oh, we cut, we cut all those things. And I was like, the whole concept was built on that one thing. <laughs> I would have let all these other things go. But like, they just made the decision for me. And I was like, I wish that actually in theatre they involved you much more in the numbers because it actually would be a brilliant thing. Like, yeah. they, and that, and that's why I do think Chris and I are just a little different and we're not as precious. Like, we're not that I'm saying everyone's precious, but like, because you do work into like in SNL, there are no times for feelings. Like that camera shot doesn't work. You've got to do this. You've got to go down there. Great. Bop, 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 bop. Mm. Sometimes in theater, there's lots and lots and lots of feelings. And so everyone's kind of giving indirect notes. And then you're like, what does that even really mean? Like, and, and even though I'm small in English, some people think they have to like kind of tap dance around me. And I'm like, be direct with me. 
Like, I can solve the problem so much quicker if you did that right to me. Why not react into what you're looking for? Got that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, so, go on, Scott. I was going to say, just before, in case we run out of time, I have a quick technical question, both for Mildred's benefit, but oh. also oh, just. Yes. Uh, She'll love this. Like, Is that how to point your feet properly? Well, <laughs> we'll have to show you that later. Okay, fine. <laughs> but I was also, a, a, I guess, a career swing like Sarah. And that's how Chris and I met. Chris hired me as a swing yeah. in 2010. What a rubbish hire that was, Chris. And <laughs> actually it was such a fun job, but a swing is somebody, so an ensemble for a musical, a swing is almost, I hate to use that word understated, but they learn all of the ensemble tracks and are able to jump in because what yep. happens is people get sick, people get injured, people go on vacation, ensemble members step in to understudy certain roles and then a swing has to jump in to understudy or, or cover that track. Yep. And you both said you have slightly different methods, uh, maybe a little less structured versus structured. How do you convey to your dance captains and your resident choreographers that once a show is set, it needs to stay as it is? Uh, and, and I asked from my perspective as a swing, I did lots of shows where that conversation never happened. A swing is trying to jump into a track myself maybe and it's changed and the cast member then says oh you're supposed to do this bit but that wasn't set from the beginning how do you convey that as also as a safety factor because there's a lot of moving parts there's sets there's props there's things that are moving around is that something that's important to you in your swing teams to convey and 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 what how is it different from the uk to the us so i guess sarah yeah so, so that's a great question because um, let's take Back to Future, for example. There's like two numbers where what I like to say is everyone has to channel their inner rocket, where it has to be the same. That you have to be the same as a person next to you. Every move you make, it's, it's a, the dress the same. You know, it's, it's supposed to be like a Broadway number um, where everyone is doing the same sort of thing. The, um, but a lot of the other numbers, or most of the other numbers, I want individuality. I I say to them, I want it to be a group of individu individuals that happen to be doing the same steps at the same time, but bringing your individu individuality to it. So all the time, my associate Beth asks me to clarify all these moments. She said, is that important? Is that important? Is that important? If, for example, a swing is on, and they may not have the same skill set. They may not be able to do the backflip, but they may not be able to do the big whack kick or they have their own skills that they do, or they can do a backflip. And, so, and it's like that moment, as long as you're in that spot, is yours. Like you do, treat it as if you were the person that, that were on every night and do it. Because I, I actually, I personally love it when people express themselves on stage. It's just, it's going to have longevity because people, um, you're not just kind of like, you know, reading a thing verbatim, you're actually expressing yourself and it's, it's more interesting to do. So then you have much for much more of a fun time doing it. And, um, it's, which then makes it more interesting to watch. So I always encourage most of the time that people, as long as they're in the right spot, cause yes, you don't want anyone hitting anybody else, but they're in the right spot on the stage then, and bellish away. I, some of my catchphrases are do pop the head, Cassie. You know I mean like do stand out and and um so so i'm it, it but it does depend on what show 
because it might be another show where everyone has to be the same in everything, you know, the same colors, the same kicks, the same everything. But um, it's um, it, it it sort of depends. But what we'll do, we'll have a running commentary with the associate and say like, that's free, that's free, that's free. You know what I mean? And then but the same. But no, that. They can't, can't vanish there. Go on. Sorry, honey. But what I was going to say, but what is navigate, what is tricky to navigate for the swing, I always remember being in Mamma Mia in London for like 20 years ago and there was like a free star section. But the gentlen that had maybe been in the show for like, you know, four years at that point, did they wanted to do what they did every single night. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, I'm gonna mix it up. You know, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> You know? And like, you know, I was like nineteen and pocket. And um, you know, and like so for the swing is a really like you want that person to like love come you going on with them, but like and then you're like, but that's not set choreography. Like, you know, it could be this or this is set choreography. You're not meant to do that. So it's, it's a tricky mindset for like the swing to navigate to. <laughs> I, 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 it is massively understated to Scott and like swings are not paid. Anyway, remotely near what they're, what they're meant to do. And it's interesting. Like Chris was on a Chris ring, like the way that I and you, we were, but. Even when we do the Tony Awards and special performances, I'm always like swings are in like which cost the producers more money for the swings to participate in the Tony Awards and things like that. But it's so important to like roll out like, the entire company that the swings are taken care of because they are saving the show fifty weeks of the year, you yeah. know, and they keep they keep spirits going in the most wonderful way. And some of my bestest friends are still swings from like 20 years ago and stuff. And it's such a special bond. And it's uh, but just quick tangent. I did this um, podcast about being a child in pantomime dancing and how that's taken me to this point here. And I thought you guys would find that interesting. Isn't that funny? Oh yeah. Where can we find that? <laughs> Where is that? Yeah. I want to hear no, it. <laughs> Was this gentleman Martin Ballard, Radio Lister? And uh, anyway, but the point was like kind of comedy in Panto, yeah. and maybe mm. what I would have like um, discovered like when I was like nine or ten at Demont for Horn and Lester, like to now doing like choreographing a, a comedy on Broadway and things that yeah. are like the same, you yeah. know, yeah. and. And, they, and I and I was like having these realizations when he was asking me these questions about it. And I was like, "Yeah, actually, I did. Like, we did that in Panther. Yeah, <laughs> you know." And so I thought that that was really interesting because you know, Americans don't really know what Panto is. Yeah. You know, oh, not at all. Oh, we love Panto. Oh, we God, both started every- in pantomimes, both we of did, us. Yeah, yeah when we were our, like eight. I, started, I think I started when I was like five. Yeah, I did like five or oh, six. Really? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, my parents yeah. hated me it's, every Christmas. I loved it. It was they the had to best drive time. me there every day, and they absolutely. <laughs> well, no, they were they're incredible about it. I just ruined their Christmas. <laughs> so <laughs> well, you must come to New York, and you must let us know when you're in New York, and we must all have dinner because that would just be just so spectacular. Done. We we're going to be there in November. And same with Los yeah. Angeles. If and you guys find your out, yourself yeah. Yeah. out yeah. there again, absolutely. If, if you're here before January, or if it's January, we'll be here. Yeah, we will. Yeah, because we'll have to Thank January. you so much for having us. Pleasure. They're coming to what? Where are you going after January? Coming to New York? No, I mean, I just mean you guys said you're always there Still January for the Oscars. Though. So if you're out uh, there, yeah, it's 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 and we think we're going to New York in November yes. though to visit. We are going to come out in November. Oh, cool. So that, that'll be great. Yeah. And stay. 
Say, forever. Um, but guys thank you so much this is this is incredible incredibly insightful it's been wonderful and we can't wait so much fun to meet you in person properly at some point congratulations to you both again for all of your successes and 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 your inspiration and it's such an admirable thing to up-and-coming choreographers or other industry professionals that want to be you absolutely (laughs) yeah Yeah, and good luck with your show we we want to hear more about it so good luck with it Yay. Yay, thank you, thank, thank you. you. And who knows, just like anything, just being a nice person, right? And just like, Always. that's what we're just trying to teach our four year old. You know, I just want him, I don't need him to be a genius. I just need him to have impeccable manners, you know? So, yeah, you could teach him a lot older than that. So, yeah, I think that was great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. see you in tea. Yay. Well, that's what we'll take from it. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Oh, guys, that was so much fun. That was oh, so such good. sweethearts. I mean, that was... Oh, they're so nice. I felt like Mildred for a lot. I right? honestly could have listened to them talk. You look I a had... little like Mildred. Do I? Yeah. 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 I could have listened shirt. to them talk for hours. I mean, they, they had so much to say, so much to offer. And I think what, what so was... so nice. What... I kind of expected us to to go on uh, on one direction. I think what we came back to, which is something I've, I've brought up in other episodes mm. when we've talked about... You know, when Dominic mentioned that he bumped into Nolan Liam, right? Or yeah. when anyone's met someone famous, it's that what they said so eloquently is that as leaders and, and in work and in life, you just got to be nice to people. You just got to be kind. And I think we can all take that with That's us. That's literally, yeah, the most whether, important whether thing. Whether we're strutting across a stage or or not. Yeah, I think it's such totally an important agree. thing. But they, I love that that was the main thing that they wanted to say. So generous with their time and 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 incredibly modest and have worked on some of the very, very best shows in the world, yeah. some of the best film and TV shows. I mean, Scotty, your insight was invaluable. So thank, thank you. Thank you for joining thank us. You. Thank you, you so want to come more often? Do you want us to be here every I week? I would like to come more often. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome to come whenever you'd like. Um, <laughs> It wouldn't be a British Tea Party episode without us a doing snack. the snack segment. Wait, are we having a cup of tea? No. Do, do you, you want, want a cup, cup of tea? tea? Um, at some point, I can make you, you can a cup have of a tea. cup of tea on the British Tea Party. Po- how do you like your tea? That's Wait, pretty important. On. Should we pause and I actually make us a cup of tea so we can dip our biscuit? Hundred percent. But okay. how do you like your tea? White and one. White and one. That's how yep. I have it. White and one. That's a lie, Jenny. You like no, it I've white gone and down. Two. I've gone down from two. Jenna to one. tells everyone she likes guys. it white and one, and then when she's around me, she's like, "Can you put two in, darling?" No, 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 it's not true, guys. I've gone down from two to one because I got told I have high cholesterol. Oh, what's that word? Bollocks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it is. Absolute bollocks from you, that is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make um, a cup of right. tea. Hold. BRB. Hold. Enjoy the music. sounds. Have some elevator music in this spot. <laughs> I'm not doing that for two minutes. Okay, the teas We're have back. been made. We're we white with one sugar. I can confirm Jenny did go white with one sugar this time. I'm, guys, sorry, can I just apologise? Whoever decided to do all of their sawing and mowing outside during this episode, if you're getting pissed about it, I'm, I'm really sorry. sorry. Wasn't our doing. Not, what, they must be making a house out there. Not our fault. But anyway, we'll try and power through. And uh, as always, this is Snack Time, brought to you by British Corner Shop, your one-stop shop for all your favourite snacks. Shipped to you around the world in a matter of days. Jenna, it just gets better. Every time I do that, it's faster, it's better, flawless, it's cleaner. Flawless, darling. I like flawless. it. I'm going to breathe now. Okay, this week's snack mm. is from the MS range. Ooh, bestsellers. Very exciting. And it's the extremely chocolatey milk chocolate rounds. Is it chocolate? I mean, it, it might be. <laughs> might and have it a bit sounds of like heaven. It looks incredible. It's like Mixed a shortbread covered. It really okay, does. I'm going to open it up. Here we go. Don't break a nail. 
Oh, that ASMR was great. Ooh. Oh, look at them. Do you know what that reminds me of? Did you guys ever, when when the Scotty, when, when you lived in the UK, and obviously, Jenna, I know you get this, but at Christmas, each biscuit company would bring out like their selection box that would be like Fox's biscuits or something like that. That is what that is to me. Oh. One for you. Oh, they're thick. They it's very thick. thick. I t- so just to describe it to, to Mildred and to everyone, lovely bit of um, detailing on the front, swirls with the M&S logo. And who knew? It was established in 1884. Didn't very know that. Very pretty. Very pretty. But it's, um, a, it's a thick old bicky. It's very cream thick. filled. No, I think it's... No, it's just a biscuit with I think it's just bicky filled. But uh, oh, are you going to dip? Are you, are you dip. dipping? Yeah. No, you, okay. you can be a dipper. You've got to make sure dipping. if the chocolate melts that Oh, look at you, dipper. Oh, Scotty's in. Jenny's in. God, they didn't wait, did they? Both in. Oh, the, oh, the eyes are rolling so in a good. positive way. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah? We're fans. It's good. You are we going back for more? Oh, I'm going to eat the whole packet. Oh, whole packet. No crumbs. Mm. Oh, what are we thinking? <laughs> how, how are we feeling? I mean, like, I don't know how you can improve on that biscuit. Like, the ratio to chocolate and biscuit is perfection. Ben's eating his and he's nodding and he's always fisting the air. You know, when you get a chocolate covered <laughs> biscuit, it's, it's just the chocolate covering. It's almost like this chocolate is thick to be its own element in itself. It's indulgent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that <laughs> is you the, just have a little heart attack. That is you the get? correct ratio for me that wow. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely given that like, I, I love it. Like it's perfect. I'm, Guys, I'm, I'm giving it a 10. This could be a strictly come dancing moment here. I'm this could be 10s 10. across the board. I think it's a 10 for me. I would eat these happily every day of my life. What about from Len? in the corner? Where are we going? What are we saying for you? Uh, yes, I'd say a 10. Yes, 10. Honestly, from Bruno, it's a 10. It's a 10. That, that is yummy. Oh. Guys, get yourself some at BritishCornerShop.co.uk. I'll tell you what, that was the perfect biscuit to come back from after, um, sorry. Oh yeah, I'm hearing a lot of the eating in my um, ear holes. Sorry. That was the perfect biscuit to come back from after the American snack week, which yeah, didn't... Horrible. Didn't go so well in the last episode. Did you have? We had um, we had Milky Way. That was the best one. We liked mm-hmm. the Milky Way. We had these Starburst like airhead things that weren't very nice. We had trolleys. We had um, Hershey's Kisses. Like I actually can't stand Hershey's chocolate. It was, it was rough. It was a rough episode. It didn't yeah. go so well. And then we had like Milk Duds as well. Yeah, well, we just tried the, all the classics. Everything. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to go put my tap shoes on and tap, tap away. I had the because, best time this episode. Uh, what an episode. Thank you for joining us Thank again. you so Thank much for having me, guys. I'm going to finish my cup of tea. Everyone, I hope you have a lovely evening or morning or afternoon or wherever you are. Go get your tap shoes on. Go get your ballet shoes on. Crack out a number for us and let us know. Put your kids in dance. After all. <laughs> put your kids in dance. Put your kids it. in dance class. That's the last message we're leaving you with. Right on the dance floor. Bye. 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 This episode of the British Tea Party podcast is brought to you by our friends at British Corner Shop. Use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today.